Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Get Your Goat podcast. Glad to be with you all. Only fitting that the 50th episode comes on a Friday, a couple days after the schedule was revealed. Last podcast was heavily focused on the week one schedule, the Wednesday night. The rest of the schedule was released, so we're going to take a look at the most intriguing games from weeks 2 to 18, see how many we can get through, along with this weekend being the final two days of the NBA regular season, NHL playoffs are starting as well, and I'm going to give you my top five Major League Baseball teams. So let's get right into this 50th episode Starting with a trade that happened yesterday. And the Kansas City Chiefs acquired cornerback Mike Hughes and a 7th round pick from the Minnesota Vikings for a 6th round pick. This is a major news, but it is worthy because Bashad Breland was a starting cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs last year. He has not been re-signed. He is still a free agent. And with this trade, it does not look like Bashad Breland will be back. There probably was a disagreement on money there. uh, Because to me, Bashad Breland is a much better corner than Mike Hughes. But they also have Jadavius Ward and Sneed. Sneed was a really good third cornerback last year. So they don't have strong uh, cornerbacks. They don't have a top dog. Uh, but they have three solid guys who can uh, fulfill their roles if a cornerback position. So the Vikings uh, get rid of Mike Hughes, who hasn't really panned out. Uh, he's had his fair share of injuries. He had a neck injury last year. He's torn his ACL as well. Uh, and he never really fit with Mike Zimmer and the Viking style of defense in his time there. So it was a good mutual of parting of ways. The Kansas City Chiefs, I know, are uh, taking a leap uh, to see if he will be uh, a good rotational piece for that defense. Uh, That remains to be seen because I don't think it'll be the case, Uh, but you never know with good teams like the Chiefs. uh, Steve Spagnola is defensive coordinator and what he can do uh, with the talent that he has. Now, time to get in to weeks 2 to 18 of the NFL schedule and what I think will be the most intriguing games week by week and see what we can go through. Week 2, there's a couple of intriguing games I see. I think the Rams and Colts will be good. Uh, See Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz. That early on their new teams, two good defenses uh, go at it. That'll be a good game. Titan Seahawks, Derrick Henry against an OK Seahawks defense next year. Uh, see how that is. Seahawks' first home game. We'll see how that rolls. But the big game on week two is Sunday night. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. That's the biggest game. That's last year after the Chiefs uh, handily beat the Ravens, Lamar Jackson said that that team is just our kryptonite. 
That statement didn't bode very well, as it seemed like a lot of other teams, like the Steelers, were very kryptonite last year, as they did not beat the Steelers last year as well. But this is another rematch. It's in Baltimore. It's prime time. Ravens have some new additions on offense, new additions on defense through the draft. Chiefs with their overhauled offensive line. Yes, they play the Browns the week before in what I think will be the AFC championship game. But a lot of people had this game pegged, Chiefs and Ravens, last year as the AFC championship game. Even some people as well think these two teams could meet in the playoffs. So an early test. And to me, this test is more important to the Ravens because the Chiefs are the ultimate measuring stick in the AFC. Uh, That's who we're going to stack and compare teams to until somebody dethrones them. In the AFC, how does the quarterback match up, the running back, the wide receivers, uh, the defensive line, secondary, all that is going to be compared to the Chiefs. How do they stack up? And actually, will they pull it off? That's going to be a huge game for the Ravens. Uh, last year wasn't close the year before. It wasn't close at all. Uh, the end score was close, but the Chiefs were up by so much uh, before the Ravens mounted a comeback. So really, is, is the Ravens going to be competitive in this game? Uh, the Chiefs defense, even though they're not world beaters, have found ways to contain Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson hasn't been able to figure out this defense. Uh, neither has Jim or John Harbaugh. So we'll see if they have an answer what this game holds. But week two, that will be a tremendous game. Week three. To me, there's a real slate of good games. You have the Chargers-Chiefs. That's always interesting. Colts-Titans, AFC South divisional opponents. Eagles-Cowboys, see how they fare. Packers-49ers, Seahawks-Vikings. But to me, the biggest game week three is the Buccaneers and the Rams. I've got tickets to that game. Me and my mom... We're going. I think my brother may be as well. So we're going to see that game at SoFi. And to me, that's a big game because that is my early prediction for the NFC championship game is the Buccaneers and the Rams. And I think this will be a great, great game. Uh, newly acquired Matthew Stafford. At home in SoFi, hosting Tom Brady and the Bucks. This Bucks defense, who I think will be top five, especially after what they looked in the postseason, everybody returning. Rams defense that was number one. You have two top defenses, two good quarterbacks dueling it out with threats on both sides. This should be a fun and exciting game. And to me, the NFC West with the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, and Cardinals, it's so stacked that anybody can win the division on any given day but when you're the top teams are facing teams like the Buccaneers then that's when the measuring stick is out again as I just mentioned with the Ravens the same thing with the Rams is hey Buccaneers are the defending world champions how do the Rams stack up yes they can win the division but can they win the NFC That's a big question. Yes, it's early in the season, but it will still provide a glimpse, even week three, 
I said last year or this previous playoffs in my podcast that, hey, yes, the Bucks beat the Packers handily in week five and they played each other in the conference championship 14 weeks later, three months later. And I said, hey, outcome's going to be the same. Teams are largely the same. And guess what? I was right. A lot can be said still in an early week like week three. Week four, quite a few big games. Raiders, Chargers is always good. That's Monday night. Then you have NFC West showdowns, dueling NFC West showdowns. The Cardinals and the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers already bid for the NFC West happening week four. Potential tie breaks happening that week as well. Uh, That will be very good, but the biggest game... And I think verified, you know, by Ticketmaster and Vivid Seats that this has the potential to be the biggest game in terms of money being brought in. There's Sunday night, week four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New England Patriots. Tom Brady returning home. He just said this is like your high school friends meeting your college friends. His dad, Tom Brady's dad, said that the Buccaneers are going to be 3-0 and entering that game and are going to leave 4-0. That's a big game. It is Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick in Foxborough. Heavyweight showdown. That is must-see TV. I already like the Buccaneers winning most of their games, including... This one, but it's tough when you have the Rams the previous week and then you face the Patriots the next week. Back-to-back games on the road. An emotional game in Foxborough. He could break Drew Brees' all-time passing yards in that game as well. A lot of storylines, a lot of history can be made that night if he does beat Drew Brees' record that night. And then he'd be, I think, one of three or four quarterbacks to beat every team in the NFL. The only team he hasn't beaten is the Patriots. He can do that next year. What fun, or this year, what fun that'll be week four Buccaneers-Patriots. Week five, again, more NFC West showdowns. Thursday night, Rams and Seahawks. Rematch of last year's NFC wild card. The Seahawks NFC West champs against the Challengers, the Rams. How will that play out? That'll be interesting to see if Russell can evade this defense that has given him fits this past season. The 49ers and the Cardinals. Cardinals were very good against the 49ers a year ago. How will the 49ers fare this year with the team healthy? You have the Colts and Ravens as well, but the Sunday night game rematch of the AFC Championship game is the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, AFC measuring stick is the Kansas City Chiefs. How will the Bills fare? Their offense has stayed the same. Another year in chemistry with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. Drafted two defensive ends, 
to pressure Patrick Mahomes. This is in Kansas City. Will the Bills, Bills defense show up, or will they fold like they did in the AFC Championship game? This game will tell a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs are getting tested early, playing the Browns, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bills, all within the first five weeks of their schedule. Does not start off easy for the Chiefs, uh, but I think they'll be more than ready to handle their opening gauntlet, and which will be a terrific game, AFC Championship game rematch, Sunday night, week five. Week six, to me, there's not many big games. You know, you have a Cowboys-Patriots, but that's not as big as it once was. Seahawks-Steelers, Sunday night will be all right. Bills-Titans, Monday night, after what the Titans did to the Bills last year. The Josh Norman stiff arm that Derrick Henry brought upon him. Memories of that again on Monday night, another one. What will we see then? But a big game for me is the Cardinals in the Browns. Two teams on the come up, both with Super Bowl aspirations, really. Cardinals are bypassing, you know, from the playoffs to the Super Bowl. They're learning to sprint before they can run. That's what they're hoping. Browns have slowly been building this. This will be a good chance for the Cardinals, a good NFC team, to face a really good AFC team as well in the cross-conference play right there. Week 7, you have the Chiefs-Titans, a rematch of the 2019 uh, or 2020 AFC Championship game from a year and a half ago. You have the Saints-Seahawks, but that's not the same without Drew Brees. Colts 49ers, but to me, the biggest game is the Lions and the Rams in L.A. You've got Matthew Stafford facing off against his former team in Detroit Lions, and same with Jared Goff of the Lions facing off within his former team in L.A. He's returning to SoFi. I think that game should be electric. We'll see how that goes. I think the Rams will win that because I don't think the Lions will be any good. But it'll be interesting to definitely see that game and the reception Rams fans give to Detroit. I wish this game was in Detroit. Uh, I'd like to see Matthew Stafford uh, return there. I believe he'd get a warm welcome from his fans. I don't know if Jared Goff will get that same welcome. Week 8, a couple more big games as well. But to me... Even if you have a Buccaneer Saints again, that's not going to be the same as it was with Drew Brees and Tom Brady since Drew Brees is not there. You have Cowboys-Vikings, but to me, the biggest one is the Packers-Cardinals. To me, I just relive the memory of a Packers-Cardinals divisional game uh, six years ago or whenever it was of Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary, to beat the Cardinals, the rematch Thursday night football, at State Farm Stadium, at home for Arizona. How will the Cardinals fare against this team? I believe Aaron Rodgers will stay. Again, another measuring stick for the Arizona Cardinals to see if they can beat good teams. Yes, they beat good teams last year, 
before they faltered down the stretch, but they, can they have a consistent streak this year is going to be how the Cardinals are measured for success. Week 9, Titans-Rams are Sunday night, which should be a good game, but I don't think that will live up to the billing to the Packers and Chiefs. Again, I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to stay. And if he does, that Packers-Chiefs game will be out of this world. One of the best games of the season to see Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes go up against each other in Arrowhead Stadium. A lot of comparisons being made early on in Patrick Mahomes' career to Aaron Rodgers and the type of player he is and how he plays. This will have all kind of implications head-to-head. You know, they've already won the same amount of Super Bowls. Uh, or Aaron, or Patrick Mahomes has been to more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. He beats him head-to-head here. This would be huge. And already just the quarterback hierarchy debate if he gets the better of him right there. But I do think if Aaron Rodgers does play, he's going to come out into that game with a chip on his shoulder. So to see him, Devontae Adams with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes go at it is going to be a very good game. Uh, Possible Super Bowl preview, maybe even though I don't like the Packers making it to the Super Bowl. Week 10, you have some really good games. I like the Thursday night Ravens-Dolphins. I do think the Dolphins are a very, very good team, improved through the draft. Again, a good measuring stick for the Dolphins to see if they can handle the Ravens, who held up against the Chiefs last year for a bit. Can they beat the Ravens uh, this year? Again, that's week 10, getting halfway through the season. Playoff implications are held tiebreakers as well. Uh, can be slotted right there. So that's a big game. The Browns and Patriots as well. The Seahawks and Packers, Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers. The Seahawks have never fared well at Lambeau Field. Will they find more success this time? Chiefs and Raiders Sunday night in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. The Death Star. Chiefs and Raiders are always good, close games. John Gruden has it figured out. I think Derek Carr likes playing the Chiefs as well. And to me, the Raiders always bring their A game compared to the Chiefs. If they brought that game that they do to the Chiefs to every game, they would be in the playoffs every year, and nobody would want to play the Raiders. So that'll be good to watch. Rams and 49ers Monday night as well. 49ers have been getting the better of the Rams recently, but with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, will Trey Lance be in there by that time, Week 10? Will Jimmy G still be the starter? How will this 49ers offense look against a very good Rams defense? Week 11, a lot of people pegging the Cowboys and Chiefs is a great game. That's something they're looking forward to. I don't look forward to that as I think the Chiefs would kill 
the Cowboys on the field. It would not be competitive at all, but there's so many Cowboys fans out there, I just have to say that. Cardinals and Seahawks will be a really good game. These games are always tight between the Cardinals and Seahawks, whether it's via a tie or a close Cardinals win or a Seahawks win. Something wonky always happens, but this one is in Seattle where Cardinals have spoiled the Seahawks' dreams of going undefeated at home before. I believe the Seahawks could go undefeated at home going into this game, but this would be a huge test to that. And then the Monday night game, Giants and Buccaneers, rematch of last year's Monday night game where the Buccaneers just pulled it off uh, by two points in what was a questionable no-call for pass interference. That the Buck Giants could have tied the game, but the call was not did not happen. We'll see there. Giants kind of want their revenge. How will Danny Dimes do? Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny G against a good Tampa Bay team. Week twelve is Thanksgiving. So you have a full slate of games, Bears and Lions, unappealing, Raiders-Cowboys unappealing, Bills and Saints unappealing, especially because the Saints no longer have a Drew Brees. So really, they really spoiled us with a terrible Thanksgiving slate. Uh, to me, all the matches have been good Thursday night, Sunday night. Uh, Monday night, they've all been bearable with intriguing storylines and such. But Thursday, Thanksgiving, it's not really happening for me. Uh, enjoy your turkey, and maybe better college football games will be on that day. Thanks for that, NFL. I'd rather much watch the Sunday night game on the Thursday night slot, the Browns and Ravens. Could this be for the division? Very well could be. It's in Baltimore. Browns have had a tough time against the Ravens. Were blown out last year. We're close at home. Lamar's infamous poop slash cramp game, whatever you want to call it. But will the Browns get the better of the Ravens this time? Can they finally beat the Ravens, get over that hurdle? They got over the hurdle of the Steelers last year. Can they do the same with the Ravens this year? Week 13, you have the Patriots-Bills. That always lives up to the hype. Much improved Patriots team. Can they handle the Bills this year? Ravens-Steelers. Again, Ravens a tough time with the Steelers last year. How will these teams fare against each other this year? Cowboys-Saints Thursday night. To me, this is you know probably since Drew Brees is no longer aware of the Saints, this is the most equal of a game you can get this season and the Cowboys and the Saints. And now that I say that, one team will blow the other out of the water. But the most appealing game to me is the Sunday night 49ers-Seahawks game. Again, those primetime games, always fun to watch in Seattle, especially against the 49ers. The 49ers back to healthy this year. Seahawks have had the 49ers number of recently. Can the 49ers turn it around? Hell of a Seahawks there against them in this defense now. Coming back healthy, George Kittle's always been a problem. Four of them racking up yards since the 49ers were NFC West champions a year ago. But how will they fare this time around? 
Week 14, you then have the Ravens and Browns. Once again, it was a very intriguing game. Raiders and Chiefs as well. Bears and Packers Sunday night. Rams and Cardinals Monday night. But to me, the most intriguing game is the Bills and Buccaneers. One of the greatest quarterback battles this season. You have Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. But then you got Josh Allen and Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. How will Josh Allen fare against the Buccaneers? Will he fare any better than what Patrick Mahomes did last year in the Super Bowl? Who knows? I don't think he will if the Buccaneers are playing like that. It's very, very different. I think it'll be difficult for Buffalo. But two explosive offenses going at it. Bills such later in the season week 14. We'll see how their defense has developed, if they have a pass rush or not. And if they can generate it against a really good Buccaneers offensive line. Again, another possible Super Bowl preview. I don't think it'll be, but the Bills uh, could be pegged in there, and you could have the Buccaneers as well. So again, another Super Bowl preview. Week 15, Raiders-Browns is good. We have a couple good games as well. Saints-Buccaneers, Seahawks and Rams again. But to me, the biggest one is the Packers and the Ravens. Of course, contingent on Aaron Rodgers playing But Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. He has to play both Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson this year. Can Aaron Rodgers do that? Can he handle this tough schedule? Yes, I think he can. But again, another great quarterback. Two different philosophies, both on offense and defense, later in the season. Packers won't be phased by the Ravens weather. Won't be considered cold to them for what they handle in Lambeau. But that will be a tremendous game. Then week 16, 49ers-Titans should be an amazing Thursday night game. We have a couple of Christmas games as well, which will be very exciting to watch. Browns and Packers, Baker against Aaron Rodgers. All the talent on the Browns, there's been speculation of, hey, can we do a Baker for Aaron Rodgers trade? Aaron Rodgers with those weapons. Who knows? That's something that's been around, but that'll be a good game. Then the Saturday night game. The Colts and the Cardinals. A stout AFC defense going what I think it will be a playoff-ready Cardinal team. That should be fun to watch. So a lot of good games that Saturday. Then you have the Steelers and Chiefs. How will the Steelers be by week 16? We saw them falter down the stretch last year. Will the Steelers do any better down the stretch this year? Can Najee Harris handle the rock? Uh, And what I think could do a lot of damage to the Chiefs is running the ball. Week 17, no Thursday night game. But Monday night, Browns and Steelers to finish it off again. Very much in contention for the uh, division at that point and tiebreakers as well. Cardinals-Cowboys will be an excellent game. Vikings-Packers Sunday night. But to me, the biggest game is the Rams and the Ravens. As I talked about on a podcast about a week ago, Marcus Peters 
cornerback for the Ravens has this one scheduled after the trade that happened a couple years ago from him going to the Rams to the Ravens. Jalen Ramsey of the Rams going against or jawing back and forth with Marcus Peters. This should be a lot of fun, a lot of action to see these defensive teams go at it and who gets the better. Will Jalen Ramsey win his defensive battles more? Will Marcus Peters win his more so late in the season? Such a heavyweight game between the AFC and the NFC. That will be so much fun to watch. Then you have the last week of the season, week 18, where you have plenty, plenty of playoff implication games on the line. But to me, you have the Steelers-Ravens. Of course, everybody playing within their division, Patriots-Dolphins. But the biggest ones, of course, are the NFC West showdown. Who knows if the NFC West is even decided at that point. But it will be decided Week 18 when the 49ers play the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks play the Cardinals. That will decide the NFC West right there. Which of these four teams will it be? Will there only be three teams in contention or two? Will just one of the games matter? Who knows? But of course, those games are fun to watch. Chargers, Raiders as well. One of those teams could be vying for a playoff spot. A lot of action. 18 weeks. The biggest NFL season ever. Could be the best NFL season ever. Who knows? That remains to be seen. But it will be great. So there you go. To me, that's weeks 2 to 18. Some of the most interesting, intriguing, must-watch games of the season. Now, shifting to the NBA. My picks on Wednesday. I was right about my first one. The Atlanta Hawks did end up beating the Washington Wizards. Again, Bradley Beal was out. They were down. I thought it could be over. Russell Westbrook with a double-double. Game after his triple-double. But Trey Young was too much perfect from a free throw line in which Russell Westbrook wasn't. They rallied them a fourth quarter to win this game. Trey Young's clutch three-pointer at the end to take the lead. Their defense as well. The Atlanta Hawks surprised me this season. Almost have a four seed wrapped up. And good for them, and which will be a fun Eastern playoffs. And then the other game I picked wrong, I picked one right, the Hawks, but the one I picked wrong, I picked the Utah Jazz to beat the Portland Trailblazers. I was incorrect. That was more of a hope for the Lakers to move up ASAP before the play-in, but that didn't work out to plan as the Jazz could not handle Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Mello, too much. When Jordan Clarkson 
has been your leading scorer. That is a problem. That is something the Utah Jazz need to fix uh, soon because if they can't play well without Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, if they're not 100% come playoff time, they could get ousted by a team such as the Lakers or the Warriors come that first playoff series with them. And tonight, oh, and last night as well, the Suns did help out the Lakers a bit by beating the Trailblazers by one point. The Suns rallied uh, down, you know, deficits in both the first and second quarter to make it close, took the lead going into the fourth. Then the Trailblazers stormed back, but the Suns ended up winning that game. He beat the 76ers in a big game. As well, huge ejection there uh, with Haslam. So who knows where that goes. Philadelphia now with that loss still has not clinched home field advantage for the eastern side of this conference. And tonight I will be picking one, one game only, the Pelicans. And the Warriors, I go back and forth on this. The Warriors have played great as of late, especially Steph. But these two teams have matched up before. And both players on either side of the ball played well. Zion Williamson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. To me, it's going to be can Lonzo Ball show up? Which version of Lonzo are the Pelicans going to get? Are they going to get the one who dropped 30 points in a win or the one that dropped 7 points in a loss? That's going to be the biggest question since I cannot count consistently on Lonzo Ball. I am rolling with the Golden State Warriors. I can count on them to be more consistent uh, than the Pelicans can. That's why the Pelicans are not making the playoffs, not making the play in bracket. They're eliminated in the West is set in terms of teams that will be in there. But you have quite a few weekend games. That could mean something as well. This is the last weekend of the NBA regular season. Lakers are going to be playing a back-to-back. Uh, that'll be big. You have the Grizzlies and Warriors. They are tied right now, but the Warriors have the head-to-head matchup. They're both 37 and 33. That's the final game of the season. That could come down to who is the 8th seed in the play-in, who is the ninth seed. That changes things drastically. And if you're the Warriors, you might want to lose that game and then play the Spurs instead of the Lakers. Lakers have owned you even without you know, the likes of LeBron or AD, both of them playing, uh, which has been interesting. But then you could play the Jazz, who you've swept this year and have looked really good against. Uh... So who knows what happens there, but that's a big game to watch. To me, that's the biggest game of the weekend is the Grizzlies-Warriors Sunday morning. But there's only one in the West, only battle for one playoff position left, and that's the Trailblazers and the Lakers. Trailblazers sitting at six, Lakers sitting at seven. Portland has to lose their final game, and the Lakers have to win out uh, to 
take the sixth spot. That'll be interesting, but the Lakers have to win tomorrow night before the Portland Trailblazers win. So we'll see. The Lakers play with Pacers, a very winnable game. Portland plays the Nuggets, much tougher. But do the Lakers want to play the Clippers in the first round, or do they want to play a team like Golden State and the play and not even have make it, then play the Clippers? So a lot of implications there as well in the play-in and the seeding in the West. And then in the East is pretty much, I decided it's just for four through six. Is it going to be the Hawks, Miami, New York? I bet New York wants to move up. I bet Miami wants to stay there. But Milwaukee doesn't want any of Miami if they're the three. They would like to move up to the two, but that would require the Brooklyn Nets to lose one more game either to the Bulls or Cavs. And I don't know if they can do that because I believe tomorrow night the uh, – or is it tonight? Yeah, tomorrow the Nets have their big three first time on the court in so long. In months, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving should all be back. So they'll play back-to-back games together. And that's it before the playoffs. That's all the chemistry they got when James Harden was traded months ago and that's all they can manage was just a few games chemistry wise before they face the Eastern Conference now moving on to the NHL where I was right on both my picks on Wednesday I was right on the Golden Knights beating the Sharks that was a 6-0 shutout Marc-Andre Fleury with yet another shutout. And as I said, he's been the better goalie this year. And he has proved that again with yet another shutout. Should be in the top three voting for the Vesna Trophy as best goaltender. As he has proved that this year. That he is still amongst there. Among the elite. And then I said the Avalanche would beat the Kings. Again, a 6-0 win for the Avalanche. Grubauer, as I said, has been their best goalie. That Devin Dubnik trade has pushed him. Looked the case that night. JT Comfer with a hat trick. Uh, three slick goals. Mika Rantanen as well assisting on those. I mean, what a win for them. And then last night, the Avalanche won again, beating the Kings. And they now have won the President's Trophy, have locked up the number one overall seed throughout all the playoffs, no matter what, they will play the first two games at home, depending on how much they advance. But then you also have a President's Trophy curse where teams have lost that. Capitals have done that multiple times. Bruins have done that. They've lost it. The Lightning as well. Rangers, Penguins. So it's, it's is. A kind of a curse to you know do that well throughout the season in the playoffs. I don't know about this season. The season is a little different, where we get to play the Blues first and not the Wild. Uh, but Vegas now has to play Minnesota, and I'm sure they'd rather have played St. Louis first. So that remains to be seen. But I think if it's Vegas, Colorado, it doesn't matter where the first two games are at. You're going to have to win four, no matter what, whether it's your, it's your home or not. But we'll see how much that President's Trophy means to the Colorado Avalanche. There's only one game on tonight. 
So I will be picking that one meaningless NHL game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets. Toronto's locked in at the one. Winnipeg's locked in at the three. So literally a game of zero meaning. But this is their last game of the season. I think it is more important for Winnipeg to win. Fine-tune their goalie situation and get to where they were the beginning of the season. So who knows there, but I'm going to pick Winnipeg to win this, even if I don't really like it. But then you have the playoffs starting tomorrow for NHL. You have the Bruins and the Capitals which will be an electric series. I'm so happy it's that. Uh, two teams I really don't like can go at it and beat each other up. The Brad Marchands and the Tom Wilsons can do that. But then you have a full playoff slate after that. Starting Sunday, the Islanders and Penguins, the Wild and Golden Knights, Lightning and Panthers. That Lightning and Panthers should be a really good series. Panthers have been tremendous. But the Lightning are getting back somebody more important than Steven Stamkos is Nikita Kucherov. How much of a benefit will that be to the Lightning missing forward is that their X-factor is the health of Nikita Kucherov. Now, turning into our last chapter for the day. Baseball. Wednesday, I said the Yankees would win behind a strong outing from Garrett Cole. Pitched eight shutout innings. And in those eight innings, 12 strikeouts. So, yes, Cole dominated. The Yankees are leading the league in strikeouts. Good for them. Our oldest Chapman has looked great. 1-0 win uh, before I what I thought they would bust out yesterday and get crushed. And I was right. The Rays handed it to the Yankees uh, last night. But through all that, I will now give you my top five Major League Baseball teams. Starting with number five, the San Diego Padres have been playing really well, but they've recently star players, Fernando Tatis, Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, diagnosed with COVID-19, so they have not been playing. I am not going to ding them that much. They were just number one. I will drop them to five. I will ding them for losing, but when your top players are out, I do to COVID-19. I will not ding you, even if you're you know, winning here and there ahead of the Dodgers in your division. Uh, they're still staying afloat, even without their best players. That's why the Padres are standing right there. Number four, the Boston Red Sox. Sadly looking like one of the best teams. Nick Pavetta, great pitcher. And then their offense has been flowing through the likes of Xander Bogarts with a great uh, hit line. Batting over 300. Same with J.D. Martinez. Crushing home runs as well. They're the best team in uh, the AL East. And the second best team in the uh, AL, I believe. Or they're right there. They're, you know, they're tied with Oakland and Cleveland. So they are doing very well. Better than what people thought they would be doing. Especially me especially after losing streaks, three straight games to the O starting up, but they haven't done anything like that since then. Number three is the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not in love with the St. Louis Cardinals at all, but they've been winning games. 
especially against their division, uh, in which they have done very, very well in. And that's all you need when you play your division opponent so much more than other opponents is if you can beat them majority of the times, most of the time, you will be getting into the playoffs since you kind of have this unequilibrium of divisional games compared to the rest of the league. Number two, the San Francisco Giants. Why? Well, their pitching staff has been amazing. Alex Wood, Johnny Cueto, Cosman, they have been the best group in the league on a three-game winning streak. They have a high differential of plus 33, you know, better than the San Diego Padres, just there with the Dodgers as well. You know, better than Oakland, who's a really good team, better than Cleveland, better than the Cardinals as well. So this is a really solid team, and it starts with their pitching, and that's all been the San Francisco Giants motto ever since 2010 when they won uh, three championships in five years. And then number one is the Chicago White Sox. Why? Well, they're the best offense in the league. Most runs in all of Major League Baseball. And they allow the second, or they are, you know, their second in runs allowed. With the best run differential of far, plus 66 Better, you know, than a plus 45 of the Astros by 21. So the Chicago White Sox are killing it. And to me, they haven't even hit their full potential yet. They're playing well, but they still could be playing better, hitting the ball better, uh, which is scary because this young team playing very fast, uh, playing very good, reminiscent to me of the Yankees 2017, where, you know, we, everybody thought they were one year off. But the White Sox are playing great this year on a six-game winning streak. Uh, Kudos to the White Sox. So there you have my top five teams in baseball. The San Diego Padres, the Boston Red Sox, the St. Louis Cardinals, the San Francisco Giants, and the Chicago White Sox. Then in terms of baseball today, you have a Royals-White Sox doubleheader. In the first game, is underway. The Royals have a 2-1 lead. We'll see if the Royals can hold on to that or if a White Sox uh, will come back. So, you, Baseball doubleheaders are so much fun to watch, especially now that they're both uh, seven innings, shorter, more intense. I like that. And then the other big matchup, to me, my number five team going against my number three team. Tonight, the St. Louis Cardinals versus the San Diego Padres. Yes, Tatis, uh, Myers, Hosmer are still all out. I don't think this will be a pitching duel. Joe Musgrove for the Padres has not been his usual self this year. Oviedo's getting the start for the Cardinals, who hasn't been well at all. So we'll see how these do. Uh, A big NL game for sure. Great Friday night to watch baseball. But then you've also got hockey and basketball as well so there you have it folks hope everybody has a great weekend i'll talk to you guys soon this has been the 50th episode 
of the Get Your Go podcast. Bye, everybody.